Well, welcome into another episode of SEC Primetime with, of course, my co-host Clint Sterner. I'm Max Starks, and boy, oh boy, do we have a treat du jour for everybody about what went down last weekend. Could you believe it? Could the big, bad empire that is Alabama fall to any team and let, let, let it be known, an unranked team? Clint, beginning of the season, we had this build as the big matchup, right? When we looked at the SEC schedule in totality, we looked at number one Alabama versus number five. I, hear me, five Texas A&M when they came into the polls. Well, the season happens. We get to this game. We've watched Texas A&M get absolutely whipped by a lot of teams. You lose your quarterback. You, you, you're going toe-to-toe with Colorado for who, who doesn't want to score a touchdown. And then you get, <laughs> get, get Molly Watt by, by Arkansas. Um, nobody in their right mind picked Texas A&M to win this game on, on, on Saturday. And we finished that game off by the end of it and Bama falls. Just kind of talking, how bad did Jimbo need this win? Of all the wins, how bad did he need this one? It, I mean, I, I would I would venture to say if I could crawl inside Jimbo Fisher's mind, and, and, and he was completely honest with us that this was the biggest win of his career. And I know it wasn't a national title, but when it's all said and done, Max, you said it. There were national national analysts out there, college football analysts, calling 12-0 and 0 for Texas A&M. These analysts were talking about college football playoffs and possible national championship, and the wheels had fallen off, right? We all know that. But think about how the wheels fell off. The wheels fell off because a fresh, a, 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 a young quarterback that had won the quarterback competition who threw three interceptions against Kent State got hurt, right? Hard to say that the season, the wheels are coming off because a young quarterback that proved to not be ready actually got hurt. Zach Calzada comes in. And he's the starting quarterback. It shouldn't be a complete come apart. Well, it was. You lose to Arkansas, and it could have been a lot worse than it was to Arkansas. And then you lose to Mississippi State at Kyle Field. This this was an absolute absolute huge game, no question about it. Jimbo Fisher, Mike Elko, and Zach Calzada needed it more than ever. I mean, Jimbo Fisher, Max, is an offensive-minded quarterback. You can say, I mean, hell, you not you could say, we, we will say, the offense was leaving a lot on the table to be desired. There's no question about it. The quarterback play, he's one of the best quarterback developers in the country, right? Has been. And the quarterback play was suspect at best. Quarterback development and recruitment was obviously a major issue. Brother, the wheels were coming off, and Jimbo Fisher needed this one. And hats off to those guys because that was an impressive victory for Texas A&M. Yeah, the wheels came off against Arkansas, and then the floor dropped out from under them after Mississippi State. So they were they were Fred they were Fred Flintstoning at that point uh, <laughs> going, going into this Bama game. And I and and the other thing was the defense looked like it provided no resistance, and we just thought that they weren't going to be able to provide pressure. Well, they were hitting Bryce Young frequent and often. They stymied the run game and tried to force. Bama into their strength, which was the secondary. And they they played it in such a way that you're like, man, I wish we could rewind time and put this at the beginning of the season to have a comfortable quarterback back there, right? Let Calzada, finally, he's 
he's sat down and, and has calmed down from a lot of the immaturity and, you know, the, the lack of experience. I mean, frankly, and just to deliver that game, to answer Bama shot for shot and, and deliver that gutsy type of performance. I mean, just kind of talk about, you know, as a young quarterback, right? And then you get in these moments and the light bulb clicks. What yeah. is that moment like, Clint, like for a young QB to finally, quote unquote, get it? Well, the game slows down. I mean, it literally, the game slows down. Like the, the players, the, the offensive line and the defensive line, all those collisions going on in front of you, they're not, they're not as, as um, disruptive, if you will, or distracting, if you will, from a, from a quarterback's perspective. And then that linebacker that's buzzing and that safety that's rolling down in a corner, it all just slows down because you, you expect it, you know it, you see it, and you just react and deliver the football wherever it's supposed to go. And, and there's, there's no question about it that Zach Calzada obviously needed this game, but there's no question about it that this kid slowly developed through some extreme adversity and arrived in a place where he could do what we saw him do Saturday night. Nobody in their right mind thought that Zach Calzada would go out there and play the way he did. But the truth of the matter is he weathered the storm in a way that got him and developed him and matured him to a place where he could then go out there and play. But make, make no bones about it, Max. The, the offensive line played significantly better, right? Th oh, this, yeah. kid had, this kid had time to throw the football. Now, we can argue that, well, Jimbo Fisher also had a better game plan. I think that's true as well. Zach Calzada was the beneficiary of a better game plan. To, well, first of all, he was a beneficiary of, of the coach and the program giving him time to develop through some very, very difficult games. He was the beneficiary of better offensive line play and the beneficiary of a better game plan that all culminated in him being put on the spot to make one play late in that game to win it. And I'll be damned if he didn't come out of the tent, by the way, after what looked like a, yes. a knee being blown out, comes out of the tent and drops an absolute dime. So, you know, there, there's a lot that went into why A&M was able to do offensively what they did offensively. But Zach Calzada was the one that we banged him hard now. We beat his ass up to, to I mean, to, to I mean, I mean, just people just didn't even I mean, there was zero um, pullback on, on, on this young kid. Didn't matter. He had never played. They just beat the hell out of him. Well, now being the quarterback, you take too much of the blame when it's bad. You probably get too much of the credit when it's good. Now's the time to salute uh, my man, Zach Calzada, because that was impressive. Well, yeah, you think about that. You know, you go in that Colorado game. It looks ugly. It is terrible. You're like, what offense? And then you have the Arkansas game. You have the Mississippi State game. So this dude's coming in one and two as a starter. He's stumbling into this position to come to this type of game yeah. of this magnitude. And it wasn't like it was an offensive explosion. Let, let's not get it twisted. When you look at the box score, it tells a different story. Like if you don't look at the score and you just read the stats, you're like, how? And, but it's like, no. It's about situational football. And that's why we play these games on Saturdays, right? We that's play right. games instead of just crowning it and making it something that's not because the guts and determination determines a completely different outcome. Max, there's something there to be said, too, about Jimbo Fisher learning his quarterback, right? There's something There's something to be said there about Jimbo Fisher. The, the young kid got the, the Haynes King kid gets hurt. Your plan was to, was to do Haynes King type of things. And now all of a sudden you got a different style, different skill set, and you just plug that kid in. Well, it took a little while for them to learn what this kid could and couldn't do. 
And for him, Jimbo Fisher as the offensive coordinator and this quarterback to mesh, and it just – it was the perfect storm for Alabama to go down, man. It was uh, – again, that, that, that was a, a big-time big time win. And, and, and you're right. I mean, there's just – there's a lot more that goes into it. Mike Elko on the defensive side of the football played a hell of a football game, had a great plan as well. The, the, uh, the monster, the number one team in the country goes down in, in Kyle Field, baby. Yeah, become the number five team in the process. <laughs> Before we move on to talking about Georgia's dominance, uh, let, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is the way they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your money is safer, more secure, and more reliable. And that sucked. So I'm going to start over, Rob. <laughs> it was fine. All right, let's lock it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. All right, here we go. And three, two, one. Before we move on to talking about kind of Georgia's dominance and, and where they fall in the pecking order for college football playoffs, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into actual cash money. With their new Rush Pay Instant Approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and more reliable. With football season in full swing, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's turn the page, right? The new number one. Georgia, are they for real? They, they, they are now the undefeated team. They now hold the number one spot. They moved up because of that game. Have we seen enough from Georgia through this year? We've seen it defensively, but offensively to say that this is the best team in the country and have they separated themselves from the pack to this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I have. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, but I have. Look, when I saw them um, just flat out dominate Arkansas in terms of stopping the run and being able to run the football – in skull-dragging fashion against the Razorbacks. And I don't think the Razorbacks are world beaters, right? But I have, I do follow them closely. I've watched them have success stopping the run and running the football against some pretty talented football teams. Not great teams, but pretty talented football teams. So I expected Georgia to, to struggle at some point on, on some line of the scrimmage versus Arkansas, who who I think was was pretty, pretty strong in the trenches offensively. Well, they didn't. I mean, they absolutely dominated both sides of the football to again in skull dragging fashion I can't I can't say it any any worse right um at that moment I thought okay Georgia is better than I thought they were and and you look at their offense yeah I mean you, we can poke holes but they're still scoring points left and right I mean they're they're just there's very few um I think problems in Georgia you got some things they'd like to be better no question about it. But there's very few deficiencies in this Georgia. Did I say Florida? I meant Georgia. In this Georgia program, there's just very few deficiencies. And, and those teams are typically hard to beat. And so, yeah, look, I think they are 
I think they're far and away, Max, the number one team in the country. And I think the gap between one and two is much larger than we expected uh, about a week ago. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, and that number two, obviously being Iowa taking down Penn State um, also on Saturday, kind of put them up. That was a three versus four matchup uh, between them. And of course, Cincinnati sitting in, in the three hole, right? Just steady Eddie last two years. Yeah. They, they, they're just collecting W's as, as they travel around on their, on their, on their world tour this year. Um, you know, you know, when I look at this and I look at Georgia, right, it was the enigma early on. And we, I think we had a higher thought, completely agree with what we thought Clemson to be. So we kind of washed away a little bit of what has now been Clemson now, um, at the time, but Georgia has gotten better, you know, even without, your starting quarterback, JT Daniel, was supposed to be the world beater. He was supposed to be the leader of this of this new regime for Georgia. And then we come back to little old Stetson Bennett, the fourth, right? I mean, <laughs> the guy who last year were like, oh, my God, when JT Daniels gets it, it'll be a different team. But Stetson just towed the line, just kept the cadence, kept the rhythm. And we saw him in this game. I mean, he went 14 to 21. At least he threw 10 more passes than the week before, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's but, right. I think when you look at, um, you know, the relationship he had with Mitchell, with McConkie, um, to be able to deliver those strikes when he did, uh, you know, you just see a team that's just playing together, right? There's no there's no outlier. There's no fantastic guy. We love Zamir White, but Zamir White, you know, he didn't break 100 yards rushing in this game, and it was still a 34-10 to 10 victory. Everybody played well off of each other. Milton had some good runs. Stetson played well. He delivered to the to the receivers. And that defense has just been the standard. And we all know one thing. Defense carries. It, uh, it comes in rain, yeah. hail, sleet, and snow. <laughs> that defense will travel. Have ball, will play. <clears throat> but the offense has been playing complimentary. And I think that's kind of one of the things where we kind of wondered, can they pass it? Are they just yeah. brown? And they really starting to develop their air attack. Max, you're hitting the nail on the head, man, because here's the deal is I think we were accurate in how we analyzed or evaluated Georgia pre-Arkansas, right? I mean, yeah. I think it was fair to say, hey, the Clemson game, offensively, they 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 looked like there were major problems. There were injuries, obviously. It looked like those injuries were going were gonna to hurt them this season. Um, you know, I, I think up, up until they played Arkansas, I think you could really look back and really question a lot of what they had done. The way they dominated Arkansas on both sides of the football was impressive. And then the way that they go and, – and they ran the ball, obviously, against Arkansas was unbelievably impressive, the way they just drug them. And then you go to Auburn, and you go, okay, Auburn is a – I think they're one of the more balanced football teams. I'm not big on, on Bo Nix. We've talked about that. But at the end of the day, I do think they run it well. They play good defense. The quarterback is serviceable. Um and, and you beat them to the tune of 34 to 10. I think we were accurate in, in, in how we evaluated Georgia early. And I think it is a football team that we all knew was really good defensively. We've seen them develop offensively uh, to a point now to where, like I said, against Arkansas, they ran the ball. You go, whoa, okay, the run game's different. And then all of a sudden you, you get a bigger sample size of six games into the season, how, seven games, however many games we played. You get six games into the season and you go, wait a minute, Stetson Bennett's spinning around the park a little bit. A few of these other receivers are starting to pick up. They're developing offensively, and they're still – they're already, and they're still by far the best team in the country. That If they keep developing from a quarterback and a passing game standpoint, like you mentioned, Max, boy, come the end of the season, hell, they, they may run away with this thing. 
Yeah, and I mean, think about that. You know, Bama's still slated to be that team in the SEC championship game, but I mean, you you, you don't you don't see them until the end of the year. That's really your stiffest resistance, and obviously. We'll talk about Kentucky, Georgia when we get into <laughs> our pick segment. But I mean, you think about if you can roll Bama um, at the end of the year. Woo! Which, what is there? What resistance is there in the playoff once we get there? But I digress for right now. Uh, you know, I think another one of the top headlines from this past weekend. I mean, obviously, RIP to your Arkansas team taking two in a mm. row, but. On the other side of that ball, what Ole Miss is doing offensively? I mean, Matt Corral. I mean, is are we looking at the Heisman Trophy front runner and winner potentially with what they're able to do, like Lane Kiffin and company, and what he's developed with Matt Corral? I mean, how good is this squad? You got to see them. You know, how good is Ole Miss offensively when Matt Corral's at the QB position? They're the best. Team. They're the best offensive football team in the country. I mean, we all we all know what what Matt Corral can do with his arm. The arm talent special. Um, the ability to extend plays is special. Uh, the offensive schemer in Lane Kiffin is one of the best in the country. We all know how they can threaten you through the air. They're toting a rock to the tune of two fifty plus per game right now, and it's not just your run of the mill run game. It's exotic, and damn it, it's working. Lane Kiffin talked about he studied he studied tape from Iowa State's defense because it's what Arkansas did. It's what Barry Odom's doing with that 3-3-5 or the 3-2-6. Uh, any way you slice it, three down line, and then a bunch of linebackers and defensive backs in the game. He studied them for 12 months and came out there and put an exotic run game together to specifically attack that kind of defense. That's the kind of offensive mind that we're dealing with here, Max. I mean, this is, this is not a one-trick pony. This is not a quarterback that's out there on his own, own, on thin ice, just trying to survive long enough, which I think that's who this guy has been in the past, right? Yeah. How far can Matt Corral take you? And can he win enough games to get strong consideration in the Heisman Trophy in the Heisman Trophy hunt? I think this kid with the help that's around him, the run game and Lane Kiffin, I think this kid is a legit. I think it's the best offense in the country. And I think number two, I think this kid is a legit Heisman contender. And I think it lasts. I'm not just saying it now after a big game. I think it absolutely lasts because of what they're doing. He's not having to tote the entire load. The, the look here, the offense and, and the win or loss definitely depends on him, but he's not having to tote the entire load in terms of production. And I, I tell you, I just think this kid is going to put up monster numbers. He's going to lead the team in, in rushes, by the way. I mean, he's going to lead the team in rushes, maybe not yards per carry, but he's going to lead the team in rushes per game. And yeah. I, I think he's going to end up being in, in New York for the Heisman at, at the very least. Well, and also, you know, to also stay on that game real fast, did you think Arkansas was capable of scoring that many <laughs> points? I mean, just think about that. This was a 51-52 game that came down to the two-point conversion. I'll ask you a separate question about that one. But the offensive firepower between both these – yeah, remember, Arkansas got blanked last week. Mm -hmm. Goose egg – and you turn around and you score 51 the following week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is this the best we've seen KJ Jefferson play as QB um, it, through the air? I mean, would you say that thus far? And was and what was it that allowed him to do that kind of? Because, I mean, this, this was a heck of a high-flying, high-scoring game. Look, hell yeah, it was the best quarterback performance by KJ <laughs> Jefferson. I, how, no matter how we couch it, Max, I mean – 
Look, and, and that's what makes this so – so. And that's why as an Arkansas fan, man, I, I'm, I, I can't be disappointed in that loss, man. I hate losing, but I can't be disappointed in that loss. I watched Kendall Bryles go toe-to-toe with Lane Kiffin, the, the, the best offense in the country. I watched K.J. Jefferson go not only mature and develop and prove that he can take his game to the next level, but go toe-to-toe with Matt Corral. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you watch that game, Max – but the pressure on that offense was unbelievable. There was no question about it. And I, I, I'm guilty of it. I'm sitting there in the third, about midway through the third quarter, and I'm like, man, if Arkansas makes one mistake. Like, I'm talking about one, they don't convert the third down and have to punt mistake, not, not interception or, or, you know, pick six. Or I'm talking about if they don't score points at the end of a drive the rest of the game, they're going to get beat by two touchdowns. And I'm telling you, man, K.J. Jefferson – I mean, and Kendall Bryles, I mean, th- those two guys right there, they stood up to the challenge and answered the bell every single time to think that that game, that those two offenses would score that many points and that that game would come down to a two-point conversion, Max. I never would have thought it. And so, yes, yes, K.J. Jefferson, he took his game to a whole nother level. And there's still some, there's still some things there that he's got to work on, but he took his game to a whole nother level and Arkansas's got him a quarterback now. There ain't no, there ain't no doubt about it. Not just an athletic dude that can run between the tackles, that can get you some hard first downs. No, nah, they got a quarterback in Fayetteville. There's no question. Well, and just to give those that did not watch the game, he went 25 of 35 in the air for 326, three tutties, one giveaway. That's, a, I mean, ridiculous. You Max, out, ice, out ice water in his around. veins. Big Max, ice water in his veins on fourth down and throws a, a NFL caliber backline throw over linebackers inside of safeties. I mean, I didn't think he was capable of making that throw. Yeah, I mean, that was Big Max. That was that was uh, the, the stat line is 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 beautiful, but that that particular throw on fourth down. That's when I think Arkansas, when Hog Nation goes, whoa, okay, we're in business. We got a couple of years with a dude that can pull the trigger. Well, and, and, and it's it's about the touch, right? Because I mean, I think we transversely we look at another quarterback in the SEC, a Joe Milton, where you're like, okay, is he going to develop that? Like he, like yes, he can run, yes, he can throw a thousand miles an hour, but can he throw with touch? And I think KJ Jefferson, we were starting to slide him in that Joe Milton category. Yep. And then after after watching Saturday, it's like, no, 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 let's move him back over <laughs> here. He's he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. Not yeah. just an athletic dude that's really strong, you know, and, and he really showed us, like you said, that touch throwing. I mean, when you could throw back shoulder throws and put it and put them in that guy's front shirt pocket. That's right. Yeah. He puts his hands out. <laughs> that's when you know you got somebody special. And that's what KJ showed us. So I, I completely agree. I, I thought it was a really mature, it was that coming out party for KJ, even though it didn't get the result right. And, you know, yeah. that's what I want to ask you. In that moment, with that momentum and how this offense was playing and how they were churning out points, go for it on two? Is, is that what you would have done? Did you not want to get into an overtime where it's throwing back and forth? Yeah. Uh, would you, you know, what, what do you, do you agree or disagree with Sam Pittman's decision? I agree with it wholeheartedly. It's not a right or wrong issue, Max, because you know the only way it's right is if they convert and win the game. It's it's wrong if you don't convert and you lose the game. I mean, it's that easy, but it's not a right or wrong. It's it's a it's a gut feeling at the time. And and yes, I mean, you got to feel for the game as a head coach, 
you got you're staring the best offense in the country in the face across the field in Ole Miss. Who in the hell in their right mind wants to go battle it out from the 25 with that offense, right? I mean, it's yeah. the best in the country. And and the gut feeling is in the game is, hey man, you you played well, you stood toe to toe, you're you're two and a half yards away from winning the ball game, and and do you want to put it on the table, right? And and, and let them hang and trust your guys and make a play call and see if you can win it. I, I love the play call. I mean, I, I love the decision to go for two. We can get into the weeds about the play call, sprinting, the, cutting the field in half with a sprint and all that kind of job. But I love the ab, ab, the actual decision to go for two at that, at that particular moment. Um, it, it was, it was a, a ballsy call, but, but I loved it. I, I'm doing it 10 out of 10 times. The question is big Max, what would you have done? Oh, I'm an offensive lineman. You know, baby, you know what I want to do. <laughs> Hey, it's it, hey, it's knuckles and elbows coming coming at you. I, I want right. I want that when you give me, you tell me, Max, we got nine feet to glory, and I need you to pull this sled. I'm gonna pull that sled, right? That's just a lineman mantra. Right. I want to do that. Who wants to play for ties? I don't want a participation trophy in this and just let it linger on. I'm trying to get this done. You think I want to add another? 20 plays onto my already 70 plays in the day? Absolutely not. You're telling me one and done? We, we're going to figure this out, and, and I'm in the locker room in 15 minutes afterwards regardless? Let's go. Let's That's go. Right. <laughs> Let's go at that point. He's just as tired as I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with it as well. And I think that's kind of, you know, why I wasn't I wasn't critical about Sam Pittman in that decision because I get it. And especially when you're in that moment, you feel what the guys are doing. Ride that momentum, right? You know what I'm saying? Ride the lightning. These dudes are feeling it, and it just so happens that it gets blown out because right into the game, that was the moment that decided the game. But, no, hell, that means you trust your guys. That That's means right. you trust those 11 guys on offense. You have that much faith in them. They're like, I'm willing to put the whole game on the line. And guess what? Whatever happens, happens. After the dust settles, We'll do it. We'll do an after action report. But in the moment, <laughs> completely agree. I, I'm always a go for it. I I don't even want our. I don't even want kickers kicking from you know when they move the extra point line back. I right. was like, why not go for two on it every time? I'd say you're going to get it more often than not. If you're one of two, guess what? That's just as good as being two for two for extra points. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm That's like, right. oh, do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think some people would really – they're really critical of the call, the play call, and I think if Kendall Browse had to do it over again, he would do it a little differently. And, and uh, But but at the same time, man, I uh, again, I, I think you, you got to play. You feel good about it. You practice it all week long against that defense. You got to stick to the plan. And, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But uh, what a damn football game, man. We had so many really, really good football games this week that uh, Arkansas was just one of many. But uh, a tough finish, man, tough finish for the Hogs, but I loved it. Yeah, no, I mean, and when you think about, I mean, just think about this just on a grand scale. When's the last time we've had a Saturday this crazy? I mean, when you look at just all of the games, right? Ole Miss, Arkansas being one of them, but the Bama, Texas A&M, the Iowa, Penn State game. Like, we had awesome games at every yeah. level um, on Saturday and it was just one of those things where you didn't want it to end. I mean, kickers were right. being crucified this weekend <laughs> um, for horrible kicks to end games, not only Saturday, but on Sunday as well. I mean, it was just the excitement that fall brings, I felt hit a crescendo on Saturday. 
and it just it just springs you forward for whatever happens the rest of this season. But it was some great football being played. I was so happy that I got to watch it, um, you know, unfold the way it did. And, you know, hey, listen, when, when I'm wrong on a bet, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Because, I mean, when you look at it, to see Texas A&M do what they did and prove us wrong, we thought Bama yeah. was just going to steamroll them. Uh, I feel good about being wrong because that means something great happened in the process. Right. Well, <laughs> we we'll always tell them, Max, Max, we ain't, we don't get paid to be right. You know, no. we, we, we get, we get paid to do our due diligence and, uh, and give an expert opinion. I, yes. I don't, I don't get paid to be right or wrong. I'm going to be wrong uh, time to time. That's why they got, they roll that ball out there and blow that damn whistle. But, but I promise you, we're going we're gonna to flip the necessary stones and, and bring you an expert opinion. Uh, I don't mean that opinion is always going to be accurate, always going to be right. It's just going to be expert, baby. So uh, and nothing wrong with being wrong every now and then. Nothing wrong with being wrong every now and then. Well, and I think even more so like when, like when, you're, when, when, when you're doing your due diligence, we always talk about this. You can't quantify heart and resiliency and toughness, you know, Calzada coming out of the tent when 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 you would think that he would be done and you're going on to your third quarterback. You can't account for that. I can't study enough notes to figure that out. That's right. That's right. That it takes, you know, to sit there and drag those CEO Jones out there and deliver. That, that that's something that'll never be on one of these sheets, man. It'll never be on one of these sheets. And and it comes to that measure of looking another man in the eyes and telling, Hey, we got this and, and going out and delivering. So that that's the, and that's the beautiful thing of sports, right? You know, yep. because if it wasn't, it'd be a video game, <laughs> you know, or we would just write sheets up. Oh, my sheet looks better. I went, you know, you go, you play it, but show me that you're better than me. That's right. <laughs> I yeah. don't care who you are. I don't care how many, I don't care how much NIL money you got. That's right. <laughs> hey, NIL money is going to be the only thing you sleep on tonight because I'm putting you on your back. <laughs> so, all right. Well, hey, let, 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 let's, let, let's go into the last segment of this. Um, let's, hit our, our, let's hit our pick segment, you know, brought to us by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, um, the app. And, of course, you can go online to betrivers.com. And uh, place it, place place your bets, but I think the biggest thing when we're looking at this, there's three games I want to focus on. Uh, the biggest one is going to be what we talked about. I, I previewed it earlier. Georgia, Kentucky. Kentucky's got to go between the hedges. You got to leave the friendly confines of Lexington, where they've had a lot of success, and go on the road. Can they deliver against a Georgia team that we've already talked about? is number one in the country, is delivering on every promise as of right now, that Kentucky comes in, 23-point dog. The total point, you're a 23-point dog, and the score is supposed to be 43-and-a-half for total points scored. You do the math on that, and you're like, <laughs> that you don't plan on Kentucky scoring a lot of points <laughs> if, right. if, if you're the sports book. You know, kind of where are you at with it? Can Kentucky really shock the – can they shock the world like Texas A&M did last week? Do you think Kentucky has the firepower to do something like that? Absolutely not. And it, it pains me to say that. It pains me to say that because I am a – I'm a Stoops guy, man. Mark Stoops is my dude. I mean, he is a phenomenal coach. What they're doing at Kentucky 
is is really really special. Number one, the the the, the school, the program, giving Stoops the time to build this program uh, the way the way it should be built uh, is admirable. The job that that Stoops has done over the years is admirable, and I'm telling you, they jumped to six and zero oh, um, fairly impressively. I mean, you got Will Levis and the offensive coordinator Cohen. They're getting better together together every single week, man. They already run the football as well as anybody in the country. They're balanced. They're winning while they're developing. They're winning without having their A game all the time. I think Stoops will have them ready, uh, as ready as Kentucky will be. But, look, man, I, I just don't see anybody going into Georgia and competing with the Bulldogs uh, at, at this point in time in the SEC and definitely not Kentucky. All right. So, so what are you going with? Are, are you taking Georgia with the points or I sorry, are you taking Georgia? Are you taking Kentucky with the points? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the rookie here. I'm going to take Georgia and the over. I'm going to take Georgia minus 23 and a, no, Georgia minus 23. And I'm going to take the over 43 and a half. And the minute that Kentucky scores one touchdown, I'm going to cheer. I'm going to jump up and down. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I need. I need one yeah. touchdown in Georgia to go 40 plus and it's game over, baby. Yeah. Now the question is, Hey, and now if you start getting into the, into more intricate betting, it's like, will it be Chris Rodriguez that scores that touchdown? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but I digress. I, I'm with you. I, I think if they, if, hell, if they duplicate what they did against Auburn and it's the same score, boom, we're, we're winners in that because yeah. you scored 24 points and you hit over the 43 and a half. I think, Kentucky is a better team than Auburn, but I feel like they're a very similar team to Auburn, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, that's very fair. And I think that if Georgia does what they've done, if you limit Stetson Bennett to about under 25 passes, I think you get the same result. So I'm with you. I like Georgia and the over on this one. And I think the score looks very similar to that um, of the Auburn-Georgia game from last week. So we're both in agreement on the first one. Next one up, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Now, this, this is the wackiest of the lines, I think, of all of them. And that's why I'm glad our friends at Bet Rivers uh, gave us this one. Ole Miss at Tennessee, going to Rocky Top. Three-and-a-half-point favorites on the Ole Miss side of it. But the total points, 80-and-a-half. <laughs> Three-and-a-half-point line. 80 and a half total points. What, 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 what do you think? I'm going Ole Miss in the under. I just can't. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if I, if I bet the over in that game. Good gosh. I, I'm going Ole Miss in the under. This is going to be an awesome game, though, uh, Max. You're talking about is, is there's a couple of questions here. We talked about um, Ole Miss and, and there are how, how great they are offensively and whether they've got a Heisman playing quarterback or not. You'll, if, if he doesn't play big this week, he'll fall off. He's got to play big every week moving forward. Um, so can, can he keep that rolling? And then also is Tennessee, are they, are they legit on the rise? I don't know where they land, but are they legit getting better and on the rise as we've seen in the first half of this season? I think it's going to be a hell of a football game. I like Ole Miss minus three and a half, and I like the under 80 and a half in that ball game. Okay, okay. Even though 100, 103 points were scored with you guys and, our, and, and Ole Miss, you feel good that I feel they're, they're, they're going to keep it below 40, 40 pieces? I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I, I feel okay. pretty good about it. That, that was uh, 
that's that's what they're ho- that's what Vegas is hoping that we do, right? Bet Rivers and Vegas is hoping that we go. They scored a hundred last week. Let's take the over. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and, and I think that's that's the question for me, right? It, it's Lane versus Hypel, right? Hypel versus Kippen, and there's Lane's coming coming to the job that left him on the tarmac, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know they don't they don't, they didn't want to see him in Tennessee, and he's coming back there. So I think Lane's going to be juiced up. I think he's going to have Matt prepared and ready, but I think Heupel's going to have a couple haymakers to throw, um, especially when Hendon Hooker is at the QB position. I don't feel this way when Joe Milton is there. Nothing against a young man, but he has not developed. He hasn't shown me anything from last year at Michigan to this year at Tennessee where it's sinking in. But Hendon Hooker, been there, done that guy in the ACC with VTech, and he gets it. And he can throw, like we talked about with K.J. Jefferson, the touch, the nuance, be able to throw it over the defender that's outstretched, jumping in front of it, trying to tip that pass. He knows how to teardrop it in. So when Hendon Hooker's out, I think they're a more deadly team, but I think Ole Miss just has too much firepower. And I'm with you. I'm going with Ole Miss with the three and a half. But you know what I'm going to do? Just because I, do. I know it's going to be offense. Over the top, baby. Cover the oh. thumb. <laughs> Cover the thumb. Over the top. I'm going the over on this one. <laughs> Golly, hey, it's gonna be seven nothing at the end of the first quarter, and you're gonna be over sweating. Hey, hey, I'll be curled up in the fetal position looking for a Coors Light. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Put a nipple on that bottle. Bring it over here. All right. So, hey, to, to finish it up, we're gonna go one, one last game. Uh, this is this is a, this is a, like I said, treat du jour, right? We're doing three games. We're giving you lines on uh, Auburn and Arkansas. Guys are coming back to Razor Hogs. You know, Auburn is uh, coming in as a three-and-a-half-point dog. 53-and-a-half points on that one. I mean, we saw it last week. I mean, they scored 51. So, of course, they should be able to score over that amount between two <laughs> But anywho, um, you know, Auburn coming off of that Georgia game. And, and Arkansas, having played, Georgia, uh, having played Arkansas two weeks before, you know, these are two teams that have had those ha- – had the blues – but yeah. Auburn, quote unquote, fared a little bit better because they put up ten points. So I, I think when you look at it, it's a very similar teams. You know, it's Brian Harson, Bo Nixon company. What do you see in this one? Try try and put the analytical hat on. I know as much as you want to be, you know, you're an Arkansas pride. Yeah. But what, what what do you what do you see in this game? Man, this was a tough one for me because because I do think Auburn's better than 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 probably advertised. I mean, look, they've had to go to Penn State. They've had to play Georgia. I mean, those are two absolute monsters. And so if, if those are the two games we're going to evaluate them by, it's probably not real fair when you talk about this game this week, right? Now, when they yeah. go play in Alabama or they go play a, another top 10 team, then we can look at what they've done against other top tier, top 10 opponents. But right now, I, I think saying, well, Penn State beat up on them. Well, Georgia beat up on them. So Arkansas, eh, I'd pump the brakes a little bit on that. I think Auburn's a better football team than, than most give them credit for. Uh, we saw that against LSU. Um, I do, I do believe though that Arkansas has taken their game to a whole nother level. Arkansas has gotten they, they get them at home. Uh, I, I think Arkansas wins this football game, but I think they win it by three. I would take I would take Auburn and the points. Uh, Auburn plus three and a half, and I would definitely take the over in this ball game. As you can tell, I'm a big fan of the over, Max. 
Yeah, yeah, you are. You're a huge fan of the over. Uh, no, I, I think when I look at this, I think you're right. I think Auburn is better than advertised. And I think that kind of looking at their record, you can be deceived because you've gone with two Goliaths to this That's point right. of the year. And that can be deceiving when you look at that point total. But you have to remember, this is a team that also was hanging 60 burgers. They were handing them out like, like, like they were free flapjacks on Tuesday, right? I think – so you have to know, this team can score. This team can do some things when, when they're in there. So I like the over as well. Um, I think Arkansas – I don't see Arkansas losing three in a row. I think they're, I think they're too good to be an 0-3 at any point this year uh, in a three-game snapshot. So I like Auburn to win – I like Arkansas to win this game. I think Auburn is going to be a tough game. I'm with you. I'm taking the Auburn because of the points. I think this is one of yours where it could go over. I just don't expect it to go over the three and a half. I think you're right. I think it's going to be a field goal decision or who knows, maybe a two point conversion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, but you know what? I, I'm going to be a little crazy. I'm going to take the under in this one because I think the run games are going to be very important in this game. Um, and we know with point when you run the ball, suppresses the time of possession yep. and everything. So That's so right. I would go under and take Auburn. So I, I think I think I think it's pretty good. I think I like where we're at. I think it's, it's a good repartee. You know, at the end of the day, of course, we tell you guys out there, you make the decisions at the end of the day. We're here to provide educated uh decisions and give our thoughts about it. We're not paid to be right. We're just paid to be entertaining. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so with that we got to say this is the end of the show. And as always, tune in, click, sub subscribe. Let us know what you think about, you know, not only our show, but Field of 12 in general with all of our guys across all the conferences. Uh, we appreciate it. You've been listening to SEC Primetime with Starks and Stern. Take care. <laughs>